The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The You Voted for This campaign continues. How you should think about the DOJ, FBI, all of your institutions. What's going on with NATO? We have so much coming up tonight on I'm Right. I want you to think about something really quickly here. Because we're going to deal with our government, the FBI, the DOJ, trust. Should you have it? Should you not have it? Cynicism. We're going to deal with all these things in just a moment. But I want you to think about something. Let's say I'm an alcoholic. I'm not, by the grace of God. But let's say I'm an alcoholic, raging alcoholic. And all of a sudden, I start getting home late. After work, I get off the studio, I take the earpiece out of my ear, and I go right to the bar and start pounding booze. And the wife is understandably concerned and upset. Kids are concerned and upset that day after day after day, I'm getting home an hour, two hours later than I normally do, and I'm just sauced by the time I walk in the door, right? And this goes on a couple weeks. Over and over and over again, this happens. And then one day, I knock off work take the earpiece out of my area. I decide I'm not going to the bar, but on the way home, flat tire. Dang it, got to pull over, fix that flat tire. When I get home late that night, have I earned the benefit of the doubt when the wife comes and says, I bet you were drinking again, you were probably drinking again. Have I earned the benefit of the doubt? Or does she have every right at that point in time to accuse me of getting at the bar and getting after it? 
Oh, of course. Of course she has every right. I have no right to defend myself. I have no right to get indignant about it. How dare you? I was changing a tire because I have violated trust so many times that it's all gone. And until I earn that trust back, she has every right to believe I'm lying. Which brings us to our government. DOJ, FBI, IRS, CIA, I mean, pick, pick your department. Brings us to our government. This guy, Gal Luft, we've been talking about him. Gal, Gal, I don't know how to say his name, but whistleblower. Whistleblower was some really, really damaging sounding things for the Biden family. Remember we played you this little clip of him? But perhaps the most alarming information I revealed was of a mall within the DOJ who shared classified information with Hunter Biden and his Chinese partners. I told the DOJ that Hunter was closely associated with a very senior retire, retired FBI official. The information I provided the FBI in March of 2019 was fully corroborated nine months later when the famous laptop belonging to Hunter Biden, which contained all the emails and receipts, was handed to the FBI. In other words, the FBI knew about, uh, from me, about the Biden CFC deals before they got hold of the laptop, way before. They had enough time to investigate the issue, but they didn't. After Brussels, I never heard back from the DOJ, but instead of showing appreciation for my whistleblowing, I became public enemy number one. Over the past four years that followed, me, my family, my friends, my associates, we were all harassed, intimidated, and finally, I was prosecuted. Prosecuted? Hmm. Did you notice? He goes on. In February this year, I was arrested in Cyprus on an extradition request from the Southern District of New York, the very same office that met with me uh, in Brussels. The seven-count indictment said I violated the Export, uh, Arms Export Control Act, and if I convicted, I would face up to 100 years in prison. I was also charged with acting as an unregistered agent of CFC, which is a FARA violation. I'm also being charged for making a false statement in Brussels. But why was I in Brussels to begin with? Was I there to eat Belgian waffles? The DOJ charged me for making a statement in a voluntary meeting that would have never come to bear if not for my good citizenship. So let me propose an idea. Why won't the DOJ make my indictment public? Do it. Make my day. Put it on your website so that every American can see the nature of the allegations against me, the quality of the evidence, and the length the government is willing to go to weaponize the justice system to punish whistleblowers like me. Well, Gal got his wish. As of yesterday, the Southern District of New York, one of the most politicized branches of the DOJ, announced that they're charging him with acting as an unregistered foreign agent, trafficking in arms, violating U.S. sanctions against Iran, making false statements for two federal agents. Now, what do we know? What do we know about these charges? Well, 
You can dig into all of them yourself. You can read it all. You're more than welcome to. You can believe or not believe. But when people ask me what I think about it, I say, why would I care? I don't believe anything. I don't believe the DOJ ever. And that's not my fault. That's their fault. I believe the Department of Justice is lying at all times. I believe that because I've watched what this despicable organization has done, how they've gone after all the enemies of Democrats while at the same time protecting Democrats like the Biden family. My trust has been violated over and over and over and over again as they went to the bar on the way home from work. So don't now tell me that I just need to read the indictment and look at the evidence. Nope, I assume you lie. I assume you made it all up because you've lied over and over and over again. And that may sound cynical to you. And I would actually come back at you with this. I feel like you and I have an obligation to believe they are lying at all times. We must completely take away any trust we have in this organization until this organization earns back the trust or even acts like they're interested in earning back the trust. You know what can earn back my trust? Send Elvis Chan to prison. Send Laura Demlo to prison. Who are these people you may be asking? I'm sad you don't already know. We'll get into that in a moment. But do you remember this little video from Mark Zuckerberg? One of the threats that the FBI uh, has alerted our companies and the public to was the possibility of a hack and leak operation in the days or weeks leading up to this election. The FBI went to Facebook, went to social media companies, and told them to censor the Hunter Biden laptop information. But who at the FBI? Laura Demlo and Elvis Chan. How hiding, how ashamed are these people of this? Well, Elvis Chan's on TV bragging about what he did. I was very involved. Our field office, FBI San Francisco, was very involved in helping to protect the US elections in 2020. And I think we can all agree, or I think many of us can agree that it was a very safe election, that there was no malign foreign influence, there was mostly not uh, voter fraud, despite what you hear on, on different outlets. Even though uh, foreign actors were trying to interfere in our elections, the FBI, the US government, working in conjunction with the private sector, as well as with election officials from every single state and you know protectorate, we were really able to do it. And you're gonna say, hey, Elvis, what was the juicy stuff? The juicy stuff was we talked with all of these entities I mentioned regularly, at least on a monthly basis, and right before the election, probably on a weekly basis, right? If they were seeing anything unusual, if we were seeing anything unusual, sharing intelligence with technology companies, with social media companies, so that they could protect their own platforms, right? That's an FBI agent bragging about coordinating with social media companies to censor information that may be harmful to Joe Biden and his chances at becoming president of the United States of America. So allow me to repeat myself again. I believe everything that comes out of the DOJ, FBI, everywhere, I believe all of it is a lie. 
I think I'm being lied to at all times, and if you would like to earn back my trust so I believe you ever again about anything, you will arrest that human being. You will put him through a public trial for violating the civil rights of Americans, for violating, abusing his post at the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And as soon as the cell door closes on Elvis Chan, as, he'll be, as he begins his 30-year prison sentence in Fort Leavenworth, then you will start to earn back a little bit of my trust. But as of now, he's still celebrated and cheered for. So don't bring up evidence about Galoff to me and try to convince me that he's some criminal because you're all liars. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Brianna Lyman is going to join us next, and we're going to discuss this stuff in a little bit more depth now before we get to Brianna. Let's get to this. Let's get to making some preparations because we all need to be making preparations right now for whatever this future is going to bring us part of preparations it's not just the fun stuff like ammo you need food my patriot supply has been providing emergency three-month food kits for a very long time now they have four-week kits i realize times are tough money doesn't grow on trees not everybody can afford a three-month food kit so they have a special on four-week kits right now. Everyone in your home needs one of these. You have to go to preparewithjessikelly.com for your four-week food kit sale. Preparewithjessikelly.com. Don't hope you're ready. Make sure, all right? We'll be back. Let it sink in. I, who volunteered to inform the U.S. government about potential security breach and about compromising information about a man vying to be the next president, am now being hunted by the very same people whom I informed and may have to live on the run for the rest of my life. Joining me now, Brianna Lyman, reporter, great reporter for The Daily Caller. Okay, Brianna, I've seen the charges now. Of course, they charge the guy with everything underneath the sun. Maybe it's real. Maybe he's dirty. Maybe he's not. But I don't believe any of these people anymore. I've been lied to too many times. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. You know, the Department of Justice, they suddenly have the motivation to prosecute people under FARA violations. But let's not forget that Hunter, James, Sarah Biden, we're all, you know, foreign agents, at least according to the double standard we have here, of CEFC China Energy, right? Uh, if you go back to, for instance, 2017, that's the infamous text message that Hunter Biden sent to a CEFC executive saying, I'm sitting here with my father, we're waiting on a phone call. Ten days later, $5.1 million is wired into bank accounts uh, related to the Biden family. Biden, Hunter Biden gets a 3.1 carat diamond estimated to be worth about $80,000 from a CEFC executive. This is not the only instance in which, you know, Hunter Biden was essentially working with this Chinese organization, and he's not listed as a foreign agent. So, you know, you talk about the fact that even if Gal Luff is, a, is uh, guilty, does it really matter if there's not a fair application of the law to other people? Brianna, is the, is the population as a whole, I'm not worried about people like you, obviously, but the population as a whole, are they starting to realize just how evil and corrupt this government is, that they shouldn't trust any of these people? Or are these people all just normie norms and they're a million years behind us? 
Uh, unfortunately, I don't think enough people are not trusting the government. You know, those on the right obviously have had the certain disdain for government overreach that we've seen from, you know, when people are getting uh, or investigated by the FBI at school board meetings or because they question lockdowns, right? We have been kind of keenly aware since 2020 of this uh, weaponized Department of Justice. But those on the left, they see this as justice being carried out. And instead, if you point to things like what I just mentioned with Hunter Biden and other Biden family members, they will tell you that that is just a right-wing conspiracy theory. So their their method of doing uh, this is anything Republicans say, conspiracy theory. Speaking of Biden, tell me about this Missouri versus Biden thing. This thing looks like it's going in our favor, no? Oh, absolutely. You know, good job on the judge for standing up to the Biden administration. You know, mm. they, they come out to appeal this decision, and I do think it speaks to the larger point here in that you know, this order is focused on protected free speech, but there were still exceptions carved out so that the government can, you know, continue on their merry way with some censorship uh, issues here. But the Biden administration, especially Joe Biden, on the day he was sworn into office, he promised on the Bible to protect the Constitution, which includes the First Amendment. And what did this man do? What did his administration do? They worked to stifle conservatives. And James Madison said in 1791, he said, public opinion sets bounds to every government. There was no public opinion allowed in the last two, two and a half years. And as a result of that, you saw vaccine mandates, you saw lockdowns, you saw people who questioned whether the virus escaped from a lab were labeled as, you know, right wing nut jobs. And so when you don't have public opinion and sentiment being able to, uh, you know, be freely expressed on Twitter, on Facebook because of the government, the government is only allowing those who speak in their favor to speak out. And these are the types of uh, consequences that we have to see. You just did a piece about Joe Biden. I saw Axios ran a story about Joe Biden dropping F-bombs on staffers, and you did a good piece on it. I, I don't know why anyone's surprised by this, just because the media tried to sell him as some old man with a, with a little bit of a stutter. The guy's been a jerk around. It's just been well-known in D.C. circles forever. Joe Biden's a jerk. Yeah, and you know, on Joe Biden's first day, he told all of his appointees, he said, listen, no ifs, ands, or buts. If you have no decency and no respect for your colleagues, you're going to be fired on the spot. And here you have these allegations coming from former and current staffers that Biden is showing no decency and no respect for his staffers. Although I will say this one thing, Jesse, part of me wonders, was this a leak so that people believe, you know what, Joe Biden really does have a backbone behind the scenes and he's not some meek, uh quiet guy who's possibly suffering from dementia. I want to switch gears here finally and go to Tommy Tuberville because this clip uh, from CNN has been making the rounds. And I'm telling you, sometimes, Brianna, Republicans make me want to choke somebody. Here he was. You agree that white nationalists should not be serving in the U.S. military. Is that what you're saying? If, if people think that a white nationalist is a racist, I agree with that. I agree they should A white shouldn't. nationalist is someone who believes that the white race is superior to other races. Well, that, that's some people's opinion. Uh, and I don't think, What's I mean, a lot, uh, pardon? What's your opinion? My opinion of a white nationalist, if somebody wants to call him white nationalist, to me is an American. It's an American. Now, if that white nationalist is a racist, I'm totally against anything that they want to do because I am 110% against racism. Uh, Brianna, it's the year 2023, and we still have Republicans going on television to, to speaking out against white supremacy and white nationalism as if this is the time where it's finally going to get through to that journalist that we're really against them. When are we going to learn to stop playing these games? It drives me insane. 
Yeah, I think this is an instance in which staffers for the senator uh, perhaps didn't do a good job coaching him enough because if you listen to that last portion of the clip you just played, he said, if the white nationalist is racist, uh, you know, I disavow them essentially. I think he was conflating being a nationalist who happens to be white versus being a white nationalist, which are two entirely different things. And, you know, I, I feel like Caitlin Collins kind of ignored that he clearly, was, like that is a very obvious thing, especially going off of what he just said. Uh, I do think he should have just simply said though, I'm not gonna play into this race baiting argument. If you need me to explain that I'm anti-racist, then you're not a real journalist because it doesn't take, you know, a thousand brain cells to put together that he's clearly not a racist. Thank you, thank you. She gets it. Senator, maybe give Brianna a call. Thank you so much, Brianna. Yeah. Come back soon. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We got Anna Perez joining us next. Talk about illegal immigration. You're not going to believe what's happening in Illinois. Oh, gosh. Before we get to that, let's get to you. Aches and pains. Father time is undefeated, is it not? Wake up now in the morning and my ankles pop on the way to the bathroom. It's, it's not good. It sounds like I'm walking on that bubble wrap. I needed revolutionary relief because what would happen was if I wake up with a sore shoulder, ankles, whatever, I would go get ibuprofen. You know, it's, it's sore, it hurts. Instead, I now have this roll-on. I just roll it right on there, total relief. No more ibuprofen for me. Even little gel caps for those internal aches and pains. They are so confident you're going to love this, they give it to you a month for free. All you have to do is go to revrelief.com free and try it. That's confidence, no? Hey, just take it for free. Revrelief.com slash free. Give it a shot. We'll be back. Things are going very, very well in Illinois. Speaking of our You Voted for This campaign, their idiot governor, Pritzker, he is going to give 300,000 illegal immigrants driver's licenses, apparently, and... Um, Maybe allow them to become cops. I'm not making this up. It's, man, get out of your blue states. Joining me now, Anna Perez, host of Wrong Think, which is a great show. Anna, these blue states like Illinois, New York, California, they just go down and down and down without end because there are no breaks anymore. There's no insanity that would surprise me out of places like Illinois now. Yeah, you know, Jesse, what we're seeing right now with the whole illegals allowing them to become cops, basically what they're doing is they're putting these people in, you know, positions of authority, which is kind of ironic considering they're the ones that broke the law to be here to begin with. Um, and, you know, you look at, at the chaos that we're seeing surge because of the border situation. Uh, these people are certainly not following the law, even when they do get here. I mean, like I said, they already break the law as it is, but then they come in here. Um, you saw during Fourth uh, of July, they, they were, I believe, Somali migrants that were lighting up fireworks and throwing them at police officers. So it's like it's it's almost like you know, laughable, this idea that now they can be police officers, now landlords, or likely that that will happen at least, it hasn't exactly uh, been passed yet, but the whole idea that landlords now have to be forced to uh, allow 
uh, rent to illegals as well. That's another thing that's going on in Illinois. It's insane. It's insane. And, and what this speaks to is the fact that the Biden administration, the Democratic Party, is largely allowing illegals to run our country. Americans are not in charge of America anymore. It's illegals. And if anything, this stokes division in our country. Uh, the left claims to care about racism and accepting everyone. Well, you're not vetting these people very well. So we have a lot of violent criminals coming in here. We have a lot of human traffickers. And, you know, all that does is stoke more anger and more frustration in America from American citizens, and rightfully so. Uh, but certainly this isn't fixing the problem that the left always loves to talk about, which is racism and hatred. And uh, how long will it take for people on the right to simply accept that the destruction is intentional? The border isn't open accidentally. We're not flooding our country with people from third world hellholes on accident. These people are doing this on purpose. You know, in some ways, I think it was it was pretty obviously bad to see that Joe Biden stole the election. But in, in one way, it's also like, well, actually, maybe that's what we needed for Americans to see how utterly bad the Democratic Party is and how terrible their policy ideas are. Because I think at this point, a lot of Americans can see, even Americans who were previously shielded from a lot of the crime and, and you know human trafficking, drug trafficking, all sorts of things that go on as a result of having an open border, a lot of Americans in cities like New York City, DC, where I live, um, they're seeing the results of this of course, because we we bust them all over the country because we real, largely have no other choice. Uh, I mean, these, there's just so many of them, we don't know where to put them. Uh, we're seeing the fact that New York actually has to use public schools now to house illegals. So you know what? Maybe we needed to go two steps backwards to go one step forward uh, because there has, at this point, you have to wake up and see, hey, this is starting to affect the majority of the country. I mean, you'd be blind. You'd be living under a rock to deny that sort of reality, especially when you have films like Sound of Freedom that are coming out exposing the reality of human trafficking. I mean, anybody with a heart, anyone with, with you know, two brain cells can see that this is a real problem. And, you know, numbers don't lie. These are easily easily found statistics if you just were to Google uh, the number of human trafficking incidents that occur due to our open borders. So I think at this point, Americans are aware, and I'm hoping that that will affect the way they vote coming up in 2024, because that's really our only hope to fix this. Anna, are Democrats ever going to realize that all the horrible things happening in their cities like D.C. where you live, it's their fault. I, I love this. You voted for this campaign. We've been going on here. I just laugh every time some Democrat in Chicago or D.C. or New York complains about crime and someone got shot. You're the moron who goes and votes for these communists every single time. I don't feel sorry for you at all. In fact, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, it is. But the sad part is, is they have such a tight grip on our culture that then if you were to cry yeah. out about it, then they, they blame it on racism or, or there's always some sort of racial or culturally motivated uh, scapegoat that they come up with. So when it comes to, say, crime or something, obviously black people account for about 13 percent of our population and they commit a disproportionate amount of crimes here in America. That's not a racist fact to point out. Obviously, there's a there's a lot of issues we can point to, whether it be fatherlessness, uh, the culture within the community. Like, there's so many things that, that we could point to uh, the fact that that there, this 
kind of attitude is stoked among the left. But if you were to point that out, or if, if you start to see the what the left does is they start to see the crime and they no longer deny it. What they do is they blame it on something that is completely ridiculous, such as the fact that we had slavery up until 1865. And they'll talk about how, uh, how that affects the way that black people behave today. And it's like, no, can we just address the fact that these crime-ridden cities are caused by democratic policies? This has nothing to do with slavery. This has nothing to do with Jim Crow. This We don't owe anybody reparations. What we need is a civilized country. We need better laws in place. And so it, it, even when they do recognize that the problem is they they always have some sort of race, racial or culturally motivated scapegoat. How's that immigration working out for France? Yeah, I mean, the, what we're seeing right now in America... <laughs> It can only result in what's happening in France. Uh, you know what? I, wow. I hope that this is a cautionary tale for Americans if they're paying attention. Sadly, most networks are not covering this because a lot of times I think one of the problems on the right is that we tend to, you know, focus more on domestic issues, which I understand, you know. Um, but at the same time, I think this definitely proves the fact that, you know, Donald Trump was right, not just Donald Trump, but conservatives in general were right about our open border. What can happen when you allow everyone and anyone in? Uh, and you know what? You look at a country like Poland, which got a lot of uh, flack for not allowing in uh, Muslim migrants or certain Muslim migrants for a period of time. They allowed in, they allowed Ukrainian refugees in, they allowed other people around Europe in, uh, but they were particularly strict when it came to Muslim migrants. Now, you hear people chanting in the streets in, of France, Allah, Allah Akbar, which can only be associated with, of course, Islam, um, Islamic extremism. And so what that tells us is that we have every reason to be concerned about who we have coming through our border, because right now we don't know who these people are. They're coming from all over the world. It's not even just South America or, you know, uh, Spanish speaking countries where they are largely Christian. These are countries, these are people that come from countries that are, have completely different cultures than us. That's not to say that every single, you know, Muslim migrants going to have extreme views and going to want to destroy us from the inside out. But when, when we have, when we start accepting as many people as we are coupled with the fact that we have a horrible vetting system or lack thereof, then yeah, yeah, you can expect to have a little bit more of a, uh, a, a influx of crazy people than you would if you actually clamped down on the immigration problem. Uh, but look, France, perfect example. Europe in general, to be quite honest, between the years of 2014 and 2018 were an absolute disaster. And you could look at Sweden for this, the rapes went up. I mean, it's just horrible what's happening in the West overall. Uh, what's happened to those poor women and kids in Sweden is difficult to read. You know, speaking of kids, you brought up Sound of Freedom earlier. I found it to be very interesting and in revealing how the media has responded to that movie. Here's CNN. You have a lot of people who are in this world of QAnon who say, oh, they don't know what that is. They've never heard of it. They're just asking questions. With somebody like Jim Caviezel, he is openly embracing it. He's openly using its catchphrases and its concepts. He's speaking at QAnon conventions. And this film is being marketed to either specific QAnon believers or to people who believe all of the same tenets as QAnon but claim they don't know what it is. And The Sound of Freedom does focus on a real issue of sex trafficking. Uh, but that theme, it, it's sort of like that kernel of truth that feeds the QAnon conspiracy theory. Pretty revealing, Anna. Very revealing, very revealing. I mean, uh, tell me you're, you're a pedo without telling me you're a pedo. Uh, no, but really, I mean, it, it's just, it's fascinating to me that these people, uh, anytime we tackle the issue of human trafficking, particularly child trafficking, 
they seem to want to sort of put an end to it right away. Oh, no, no, you didn't see what you thought you were seeing this whole time. Um, no, actually, this is a very, very serious issue. And what we're seeing in, in large part is a much greater effort, which the media works for the Democratic Party. Of course, we know that. Uh, what we're seeing is this massive effort from the left to cover up a problem that is largely being imported via our southern border. Uh, they don't seem too concerned about uh, Jeffrey Epstein's client list. They don't seem too concerned about a lot of the child trafficking cases that go unnoticed or go unsolved. Um, they meaning the government, particularly the FBI. In fact, I remember I had Kyle Serafin, FBI whistleblower, on my show about two months ago, and I asked him, I said, it's interesting how they, the FBI seems to turn a blind eye to all of these tra child trafficking situations, uh, yet they're more than happy to go after conservatives if they fly a flag over their property that they don't like. Um, and he said, look, I mean, these are orders that are coming from the top down to go after specific issues. Right now, the focus, especially ever since January 6th, ever since the left went ballistic in response to January 6th, uh, the, the focus right now is domestic terrorism. And obviously, as we've come to realize as conservatives, really what that means is anybody who questions whether or not Joe Biden was uh, you know, duly elected and, you know, uh, that we have a, a fair, completely fair system, no no rigging whatsoever, or anybody who just honestly, as we've heard in the last year or so as well, has certain symbols that represent domestic terrorism, which honestly, if you read the list, I forget exactly what was on the list, but I believe it was the don't tread on me flag, things like that. So this domestic terrorism obsession isn't even realistic. But in addition to that, they're use, they're focusing on that more than they are the real problems, which is child trafficking. And it begs the question, you know, it, are these what what are these people benefiting from when it comes to not paying attention to that problem? Does beg a very interesting question, doesn't it? Anna, thank you so much. Come back soon. Thank you so much, Jesse. All right, we got to do some foreign policy stuff. Speaking of Sweden, what's going on with all this NATO stuff? Why should you care? Why should I care? Let's talk to Lisa Daftari about this next. Before we do that, let's take care of something. You see, your home, your office, it has smells. It does. I'm not saying you smell, but human beings put off smells. Pets put off smells. When we cook, it puts off smells. And... It soaks into the carpet, soaks into the walls. Eden Pure Thunderstorm cleans the air in your home. I'll never forget when I plugged my first one into my bedroom, plugged it in, left the room, came back an hour later. My air was so clean you could taste it. That can happen to you. I have nine of these things now. I have them all over the studio here, all over the house. Go get one. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. That's what gets you $200 off a three-pack. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. Try these little miracles. They're amazing. We'll be back. Historic moment. The, the adding of Finland and Sweden to, uh, to NATO is consequential. And uh, your leadership really matters. I still think that uh, that President Putin thinks the way he succeeds is to break NATO. Not going to do that.
Okay, I can't hear, I don't understand what Joe Mumbles is trying to explain there, so I guess we'll have to go to Lisa, because I'm sure she can explain it with a bit more clarity. Joining me now, Lisa Daftarty of the Foreign Desk. Lisa, okay, what's he talking about? Sweden, Finland, NATO, okay, Turkey gave their approval. What's all this about? Why should I care? It seems like for President Biden and the White House right now, as long as he hears there's some goodies in the bag for Ukraine down the line, he's happy about it. Um, and he also loves his acronymed organizations. If you recall, um, that's exactly what Donald Trump uh, campaigned on, getting the United States out of these acronymed organizations and our financial responsibilities to these bodies that don't do anything, frankly. Um, and now let's move to the second, the actual news of all of this is Turkey um, moving forward, getting closer to Sweden, um, you know, bidding for their, their, their inv invite to NATO. Um, what are the consequences of this? This is not something to celebrate. This is something to be very cautious of. We've always said we have to be cautious of Turkey because Turkey is an equal opportunity opportunist. They will befriend anyone and then become enemies with anyone over their own interests. They have played the East and the West. They are part of, uh, you know, and they're very close to certain terror organizations and rogue uh, dictators, but at the same time try to play the West and act like a Western um, normalized country. So now this bid will give them obviously some proximity to the EU. It gives him you know, um, this leverage to go after the Kurds and have the EU go after the Kurds and switch their positioning. The, the, the Turks, for as long as Erdogan has had the ability to do so, has always, always leveraged whatever he had with, you have to go after the Kurds. Uh, and again, let's remember the Kurds, our partners on the ground, the United States' best allies on the ground in the Middle East and different places, especially in Syria and in Iraq. Uh, and here we are celebrating something that really the consequences of which are not discussed. What exactly does he want done with the Kurds? Right. So the, the those are his mortal sworn enemies. He wants them take, taken out. He wants them killed. So if he got involved in, in the Syrian war, it wasn't because it was a humanitarian operation for him. It was because he said, you have to go after the, the Kurds on the ground. Again, the Kurds being the U.S.'s boots on the ground, our, our allies on the ground in that war. Uh, same thing goes for Iraq. They have a fixation. They, that's their enemy. So they have a fixation on taking the Kurds out. And uh, again, everywhere where they get involved, that becomes the uh, contingency is to go after the Kurds. Of course. Joe Biden told a reporter, well, told the whole world, I guess, that Ukraine's out of ammunition. Here he was. Uh, the Ukrainians are running out of ammunition. Uh, the ammunition that they used to call them 155 millimeter weapons. This is a, this is a war relating to munitions and uh, the running out of those, that ammunition, and we're low on it. That seems like not a great thing to admit to everybody, but do I have it right that now we're sending cluster bombs over there? That has been the, the decision from the White House. Of course, a lot of pushback by lawmakers. And of course, um, in, in Europe, we have pushback from the UK and Spain who have already vocalized uh, that they are not in favor of doing so. Let's just 
rewind also, I will remind everybody how uh, the White House themselves called the, an act of war when the Russians were accused of using cluster bombs in this war. So now we would be complicit in aiding uh, the Ukrainians in, in committing what we deemed were war crimes. Um, so uh, it makes no sense. Obviously, a lot of people are trying to walk them back from this decision. Uh, also, it basically uh, is you know, showing the uh, vulnerability of the United States to say we're out of weapons, we're out of ammunition. Uh, a few months back, there's also a report that we don't have ammunition to supply to Taiwan if there should be an invasion by China, because we've given it all away to Ukraine. So who is the White House working for? That's the question we asked this morning when all headlines point to this perhaps idea that uh, the Ukraine is favored. So um, really diminishing the United States on the global stage by going out there, talking about how much ammunition we have left uh, just to make the case that we have to send cluster bombs to the Ukraine. That's wonderful. Anthony Blinken went on TV and had something interesting to say. I can't wait to hear your take on this. Let's start. We know Sweden is now following Finland into NATO. What message do you think that this will send to Russia? What message do you want it to send, if any? Well, it sends two messages. First of all, our alliance is stronger. It's bigger with two new members, Finland and now Sweden. Uh, and it's more united than ever. Uh, and in terms of Russia's aggression against Ukraine, it's sending a very strong message to Putin that um, he's not going to outlast us. He's not going to outlast Ukraine. And the sooner he ends this war of aggression, the better. Lisa, is he going to outlast us? I, I, I don't believe any of these people. They all lie to us all the time. I can't figure out what's happening over there, who's winning, who's losing. I know a bunch of brave young men on both sides are dying, and that's awful. Where's this thing going? Yeah, we want this war to end. Every single person on every single side wants this war to end. No sane person wants this war to go on. We don't want it to cost us lives. We don't want it to cost us money in terms of all of the resources uh, and aid that we've provided Ukraine and asked our allies to do the same. Uh, you know, but uh, at the same time, if we believe and Blinken, who's a smart man, comes out and says now Russia gets the message that we are more united and stronger than ever because we got Finland and Sweden, I don't think Putin is shaking in his boots because of Sweden now joining NATO. Um, that's not the case. Uh, so again, we would love for there to be an exit ramp. We would love for Putin to back down, but I don't think Sweden is gonna be the one to tip the balance here. Yeah, somehow I don't think the Finns are gonna push him away either. Lisa, thank you so much, I appreciate you. Of course. You know, we don't do a ton of Russia-Ukraine stuff. We don't do a ton of foreign policy stuff. But it really is a lot to take in when you think about this is a nuclear power. We're sending cluster bombs now to blow up troops from a nuclear power. This is not good. These nut jobs who run our country, who run the foreign policy around here, it's like they don't care. It's crazy. All right. Speaking of Russia-Ukraine, we have a Russia-Ukraine lighten the mood before we get to that. It's lighten your wallet. You're not stuck in the timeshare you think you're stuck in. This is how they get people. They scam people. They suck you in. You signed a contract. Hopefully you enjoyed it for a while. Hopefully you did. But you always think you can get out, right? And eventually I'm going to be done with it and I'll just get out. And that's when they drop the bomb on you. The cluster bomb. They tell you, nope, sorry, you're, you're stuck forever. 
pay your annual fees every year, pay the special assessments. That's how they get you. Lone Star Transfer caught on to this scam a long time ago, and since then they've helped over 18,000 people legally and permanently get out. You're not stuck. You're one phone call away from freedom. Call Lone Star Transfer. 844-310-2646. All right? We'll be back. All right, it is time to lighten the mood. And I know you're going to find this shocking, but someone in the Biden administration doesn't know how to talk. Before we get to that, let's get to this. You need some precious metals. You need them as part of your retirement. That 401k, IRA that you've worked so hard for, investing all these years, ready to retire. You know they're going to wipe that out when they wipe out the stock market, right? You need to get some gold or silver in there to protect it. It gives you a higher floor. You need physical gold and silver coins in your, in your possession. You just have to have this stuff now. This is basics, not just food and water. You need these things. Oxford Gold handles all that for you, all of it, and they make it so easy. They're so laid back and cool to work with. I send my own family members to Oxford Gold. Give them a call. 833-995-GOLD, all right? 833-995-GOLD. Tell them I told you to call. They'll take special care of you, all right? All right, well, maybe you're having a bad day. Not as bad as this State Department guy for Biden who kept mixing up Russia and Ukraine. A few things. So I will say, uh, with respect to your first question, we believe the war has been a strategic failure for Ukraine. Uh, the secretary spoke to this in a speech he gave in Helsinki uh, last month, I believe it was. Uh, what's that? I'm sorry. A excuse me. A strategic failure for, for Ukraine. Uh, thank you for the correction. Um, uh, which is, oh, I, I, I need more than one cor correction today. A strategic, this is the first time at the podium for, for a week. I'm a little, I'm apparently a little rusty. Ouch. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.